It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. Everyone in this room shares the one key mission. We're going to feed Joe Biden, defeat Joe Biden and the radical Democrats. These are radical left people. If that's going to be his focus going forward, and that was uh, the man from Mar-a-Lago in New Hampshire over the weekend, if he focuses on that, he might just win again. The one mission. Because then it draws, think of what it does. It draws in everybody. Independents, some uh, Democrats who have lost the flock, obviously Republicans. Sure. Hardcore Trump base. You know, everybody likes to say he's lost a lot of that. I'm not sure. When you could draw hundreds of people outside in cold, freezing New Hampshire in the snow over the weekend, just waiting uh, because they couldn't get tickets to the inside event. Right. You still got some drawing power. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's, 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 he's obviously still has the appeal for people, and mm-hmm. I get it. I mean, you know, there was a reason why he was elected president one time around. Absolutely. Because he resonated with a lot of people in his message about, you know, trying to make America the greatest country in the world. It's still, I mean, it's still the greatest country in the world, but to get us back to, you know, some of the glory we once knew, not this garbage that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And it resonates with people. Sure does. When it's, you talk about real life issues, and that's what he does. And it's also what DeSantis does, which is what's helped him get so popular over the past few years. And it's, you know, listen, we'll get to this in a second again, Tina, because that's been the stories what Trump said about him on the plane. But I still think that's true. I think it's going to make Trump a better candidate. I think it's going to get make DeSantis a better candidate. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's going to focus both of them on what really met. They're going to have to, by default, whether they want to or not, focus on what matters to the American public, which will win an election. And, and Trump hit it right there first. He said, defeating Joe Biden and the radical Democrats. I swear to you, if he just ran on that. Priority number one. That would just be it. Because it encompasses everything. <laughs> yes. When you just say radical Democrats, it's everything that's gone crazy in this country. All the different categories. Economy. Uh, you know, the lockdowns we're still coming out of, the the border, all of it. It's kind of a good way to just, you know, have a, have a nutshell it is. on who and what has been causing the issues and the strife we've been going through in this country and, you know, why things are so expensive and why we don't have border security and just, you know, name it all. It's because of radical left Democrats. Sorry, yep. but it is. Yep. So if you can just see that and focus on the mission, yep. absolutely. But we'll see how the the fight plays out in the Republican Party first. Speaking of divide, uh, thousands of cities across the U.S. still planning protests in the death of Tyree Nichols. The uh, video was released from Memphis after building. You know what? They shouldn't have built it up for so long. And they released it. Either release it right away or not. It made it even worse because it was horrific. Oh, gosh, yeah. And what these five police officers did to this this kid, whether you what, no matter what is or was, was, was just horrific. But demonstrations took place over the weekend in a number of cities, including L.A., Baltimore, Dallas, Milwaukee, Phoenix, including Memphis, where the beating happened. Do you happen to see any coverage from New York City? Burning of police cars, flipping police cars. How's that going to help Memphis? How's that going to help the issue? And also, wasn't this amazing? And the main culprit on this one happened to be CNN. Well, it's still a, a symptom of white supremacy. How? Even though the five officers were all black. How? They cannot help themselves. If you ever wanted proof that they just want to divide, that's it right there. I mean, it's like... Amazing. <laughs> it's almost like they had a meeting and they said, so we're still going to go with this white supremacy thing? Yeah, of course we are. But the five officers weren't white. That's okay. We're still going to say it anyway. All right. I guess. And people, and people believe it. I know. Well, I mean, how does that even amount to white supremacy? It doesn't. 
I, well, I, it's the system, see. Oh, oh, oh okay. I see. Uh, I like this. Nickel's stepfather, Rodney Wells, is urging protesters, and he has from the beginning, since before the video was released, to protest peacefully. You see, and, I, and I love and respect that he did that. Yes, and that's the other thing. It's it's shameful for people who push this, you know, these narratives when it comes to oh, it's still white supremacy, even though the five officers were black. It's shameful for them to push some type of race baiting narrative. Instead, what they should be focusing on is how do we get cops in place yes. who aren't going to do something like this? Exactly right. Because you know who hates those cops the most? Good cops, right? And, that's, and they'll be more than happy to tell you that. And why don't we focus on the stepdad and give him more of a platform who is saying protest to change this kind of stuff, but do it peacefully. Right. Oh, but that doesn't, that doesn't get clicks. No, no. So they won't promote that. The, the, the conversation changes from what it actually should be for things to be constructive. Right. Exactly It's right. just ridiculous. Disgusting, really. Yep. All right. But in better news, this is why we have sports to bring us together, right? Well, I suppose. Well, <laughs> a lot of controversy from the games over the weekend. I think probably, maybe it was the crews, maybe it was just the circumstances. There were some bad missed calls. Maybe yeah. it wouldn't have changed the outcomes. I don't think so. But let's talk about, well, first of all, here's the final. Here's the final calls. Hey, congratulations to the Chiefs and the Eagles. Let's focus on the positive at first. Sure. Here we go. Here's the Eagles' final call. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Congrats. It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Congrats. <laughs> so now we've got Eagles, Chiefs, the Eagles and the Chefs. That's right. February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. I think it's going to be a big Eagles crowd. They travel well. I'm telling you. By the way, and you, you called this one, too. Because we were trying to make the picks Did on I? Friday. You, I couldn't remember who I picked. You went it was back. just like the Friday football <laughs> yes. picks. I'm like, ah, geez, I don't know what I... <laughs> it was very tough. We were going back and forth. We both liked the Eagles to win. Yeah. But then we were going wavering between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And then you last minute, you went with the Chiefs. And I, I said, you know what? I still think the Bengals have something to prove. Yeah. But and they do. Up, they do. And they, and they will. They have plenty of other chances as the future goes on. It's a good young team. My, you were talking about how Gen Z loves Joe Burrow. Yes. My daughter, who's home from Orlando, was very upset. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Very upset. <laughs> it didn't work out. I'm sorry. Did not like him. And I made the mistake of saying, he looks, hey, doesn't he look like Macaulay Culkin? Oh, no. Shut up, Dad! Because <laughs> <laughs> once you see it, you can't unsee it. I mean, he does. And I think he's great. No, he is. But... Lot of lot of bad calls. Let's just admit it. There yeah. were a lot of bad calls, including that uh, that uh, Devonte Smith. Oh, that was that was a drop. It was but a that drop. led to the first yeah. Eagles touchdown. Wouldn't have mattered in the game, but my goodness, how do you miss that one? But then in the KC, they're calling this the penalty. He's going to go for the yes. He's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. Well, that was. Listen, it was a penalty. It bad, was. Bad spot in the game. Did it decide it most likely? But, you know, listen, this is the way things go. But with all the missed calls and bad calls, including what's being called the extra play game. Oh, where yeah. Kansas City got an extra play because they couldn't hear the ref who had stopped play before they got stopped on third down. There's something apparently we learned from these games called Sky Judge. Yeah, where has that been? It's a technology, apparently, that the NFL has been beta testing where all calls... And all views are done by technology combined with multi. They have many more cameras, it appears, than we were ever told. Really? 
Uh-huh. And, the, and, and the Sky Judge system, which they've been beta testing, apparently always gets it right. Really? But there's a final determination from, mysteriously, let's go to New York for the call. <laughs> so there's more calls than ever from a lot of influential people in the league for this Skycam thing to happen. The Sky Judge. We need it. Yes. I think, but... I'm not sure that, I mean, the, the outcomes would have changed. I do think in the end the two better so teams won. Yeah, I think you're right. But it was pretty glaring, some of the weaknesses. Some of them were bad. Yeah. When it comes to these officials, there's, there's some weaknesses. There are some holes that need to be filled. So we'll see what happens with it. Mm. But uh, congrats to the fans of those two teams. In the meantime, coming up next, more headlines. But uh, remember the, the Good Morning America scandal with the two hosts that were having an affair? That's right, yes. Remember, I think it was like two weeks ago, Good Morning ABC said, There'll be no repercussions. They're fine. We're moving on. Yeah, not so much. They're both out. Really? Fired. Consenting adults? Pretty much. Whoa. Okay. What a turnaround from ABC. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Welcome to Monday. The South Florida Morning Show, News Talk 850 WFTL. There's Diener. I'm Bill. Jen's back the 7th of February. Yeah, a couple weeks away. As you said, Diener said right away. All right, right in time for our prop bets for the Super Bowl. That's right. Perfect timing, Jen. Hey, welcome back here. Uh. (laughs) No one tell her that, by the way, because if she finds out, she's not going to come back until after the Super Bowl. She's going to delay it a week. Yeah, don't listen. (laughs) Mum's the word on that one, everybody. Hey, careful on the roads. I'm trying to get a feel for this. So that diamond uh, exchange intra thing in Boca is open now, correct, right? Yeah, it's first morning there, Glades, uh, Glades Road area in Boca. It's uh, sounds confusing. I, I was wondering if it was delayed because the story on WPTV, our news partner, was it was supposed to open at 6 a.m., but it was delayed because of overnight rain. Uh, <laughs> like, they're, yes. They're like, you know what? It's already confusing enough. Fingers <laughs> and toes crossed. We don't want to add rain to the mix. Let's not open it yet. When it starts 95, just a straight road becomes confusing for people when it starts to rain. <laughs> so imagine a diamond uh, interchange. Give me a break. Uh, two years of construction. This is what you've been driving through in Boca this whole time. It uh, is open. Um, the diverging diamond interchange, two directions of traffic on the roadway to temporarily cross the opposite side of the road. That's the description officially from FDOT. It's going to be freaky. I did the little, uh, I've been watching the Florida Department of Transportation infographic on this. Oh. Looks great. Sure. With AI computer models of people who know how to drive. That's right. Um, this like is... you said, we have people who get confused trying to figure out how to change lanes. Yeah. But that's all right. It limits the here's the reason. It limits the number of traffic signal phases, allows drivers to make a left turn without crossing in front of oncoming traffic. And then they change back to the, the original side of the road. If you're confused, don't feel bad. I'm probably not describing this well at all. It's hard to describe. It's very hard to describe. I mean, that's the problem. You try to explain to somebody how this is gonna work and what you need to do. In theory, it's going to make things more convenient in the end. Oh, on paper it looks great. Yes. I'm just, you add into the mix some of the folks driving up here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Boca and Glades area is a tough area to drive. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of different uh, age groups that drive in that area. It's, it's, it's a tough spot. And you add this in there, a level of confusion. I will say this. The infographic oh is great as far as a description of what it looks like on uh, Florida Department of Transportation Twitter and page and all that stuff. But Okay. All right, let's see. <laughs> when you have 16-year-olds and 90-year-olds on the road in the same diamond interchange, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough spot. That's what it is, too. You make a good point. I think what makes it the most dangerous are people doing, I mean, no doubt, 110. Oh, yeah. 
and people doing 40. Yes. It's the mix of speed. I can deal with either. No, I can't deal with 40. I was going to say I can deal with either one, but no. Mm-mm. It's it's an interesting spot, though, because, I mean, you have FAU, right? So it's like a college area. And then, let's face it, it's Boca, so it's a retiree area. <laughs> it's uh, We'll see how this goes. Well, if it works, it works. Yeah. New traffic flow design for American drivers. The first one was in Springfield, Missouri in 2009. Oh. There's 150 of them, of those interchanges, throughout the U.S., more into construction. This is good been praised for reducing injury and fatal crashes by 55%. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we just need to get used to it. I mean, look, I'll be honest. I'm confused by it. If yeah. I drove at this thing, I'm relieved that I don't live in that area and I don't have to drive in this thing because I would be very confused at first. It would take me a couple of times to kind of oh, feel comfortable true. doing it. Oh, yeah. So it's it's going to be a weird transition for people. Don't get nervous. It's, it's going to be, be okay. A, it's you can be do a little it. challenge. You know, because yeah. people freak out when anything's different. Right. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. You can do it. You got this. Let's believe <laughs> for now until we start to. Get... No, I'm not even going to get. Don't into be it. scared of the diamond in Boca. Don't be scared. Yes. Well, uh, news-wise, civil rights attorney Ben Crump from Tallahassee, he says the beating death of Tyree Nichols in Memphis and that video, that uh, body cam footage, was released on Friday. It was racially motivated. He says. He was on ABC's This Week on Sunday. He explained that this was the case despite all five of the officers involved being black. Now, how can this be, you wonder? This is how. He explains that the fundamental issue was the institutionalized police culture of using more excessive force against people of color. Hmm. That sounds like a real grasp at straws to me. So, it sounds like he's trying his absolute best to make this a racial issue. Oh, I mean, he's he's like a, an expert at that Ben Crump. I mean, this is what he this is what he does. Here's his <laughs> here's his first cut from ABC this weekend, Diener. It is not the race of the police officer that is the determining factor, but it is the race of the citizen. Hmm. Okay, then in the George Floyd case, for example, mm-hmm. where there were white officers that shouldn't have played a part either then, according, oh, right. according to his logic. Right. <laughs> and, of course, that was the main thing. So now, now in this case, it's, well, don't worry about the race of the police officers. Now just worry about the victims. So it's, it's always going to come down to race. It's, Why can't it just come down to these are bad cops? I know. Who, he's in his, maybe yeah, there exactly, were dirty cops. Exactly right, which there may be. There are some reports out of Memphis that these cops had some shady backgrounds. Like, possibly gang-related. Yeah. Possibly. And lowering of admission standards and acceptance standards in that police department may have led to this. Why don't you focus on that? That or would why be, you, Why don't you yes. focus on uh, Nichols's stepfather who said, please keep this peaceful. Why don't we focus on him? Nope. We're hearing people from people like Ben Crump. And it doesn't matter if the officers are black, Hispanic, or white. It's part of the culture, this biased culture that said this is allowed. He's, I don't think we're ever going to get past the race issue if we have people like Ben Crump pushing it constantly. I really don't. It is, it is his M.O., and it's a shame. It is. It is an he, absolute shame. You know, obviously, yes. Are there still issues like this? Absolutely. Not only in the country, but around the world. And there shouldn't be, but unfortunately there are. And unfortunately there always will be. It's just it's a terrible thing, but you're always going to have people like that who think backwards based off of somebody's skin color. It's sad to say, but that's Awful. unfortunately the way of the world. But when you have somebody like Ben Crump who tries to put it into every single situation when it's not part of that situation, when there are other matters that you could be focusing on, real issues like trying to cl- clean up you know, police corruption, it's just it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. So 
Let's hope uh, these continued protests, which are planned, stay peaceful. I hope so, anyway. I shouldn't say stay, because they weren't. In no. many cases, the New York one wasn't at all. All right, remember this from a couple of weeks ago? Amy Roback and TJ Holmes on Good Morning America, and the ABC came out and they said, We're, everything's fine, we're not going to fire them. Yeah, well, they're fired. <laughs> Just like that. They're gone. This was uh, this is them. This is all over them having it. They were both married, not anymore, but they were having an affair, and they were uh, well working together for a long time on ABC. Good <laughs> afternoon, everybody. Welcome to What You Need to Know, GMA Three, and it's Friday Eve. Oh. Not those two anymore. No oh boy. A statement from the network says we all agreed it's best for everybody that they move on. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they were. This is how it all started. Amy and TJ were photographed acting like acting like a couple. They say in November, despite both of them being married. They were taken off the air December 5th. They weren't too worried about it at first. Then they were back on the air, playing it off like nothing happened, and now they're both gone. I think it was just too much for people to overcome. Too much heat. Yeah, too much. Yeah, that's that's what it came down to. I understand, yes, two consenting adults, you know, Mm. not making right to have an affair, you know, and cheat on your spouse, but it's, uh, I think it's just in the end, people were like, this is awkward. I mean, everybody knows what happened. How do you get past something like that? I don't think the viewers liked it too much. Apparently not. It's like a soap opera. The GMA pearl-clutching viewers, I guess. <laughs> it's too much pushback. I don't know. And then they'll go watch The Young and the Restless. You're right, right. <laughs> well, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, I hope there's an affair today. That's right. Wow. All right, we got more headlines coming up next, including this. Empty bookshelves in Florida schools causing controversy. Uh-oh. What? It's the library book review. And there's a pushback against it now. My. We've got that to talk about, as well as the greatest sporting event over the weekend happened in Australia. Novak Djokovic got revenge. Love this so much. That more coming up next. The East South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. And uh, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, his Democrat opponent. Well, former President Trump had a big, uh, like you said, Dina, not a rally. It was more like a gathering in New Hampshire. Yeah, right? I think it was yeah. kind of. Uh, it wasn't rally side. Still a big crowd outside trying to get in in the snow, and the uh, and the cold. And then he was an inside event in Concord, New Hampshire. Where he was speaking, but the headline is all about what he said on the plane on the way back to Mar-a-Lago. Oh, the divide, the fight between Trump and DeSantis, it is on. He also said this. So then, when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but. It's not about loyalty, but to me it is. It's always about loyalty, but for a lot of people it's not about loyalty. Boy, no one was more excited about this than CNN. They bring in the experts, and they had a panel to talk about it, and oh my God, we love it, it's going to divide, and they're both going to lose. I don't think so. I think that's a bad strategy on their part. I think it helps both of them. I really do. I think so, too. And we, I mean, we've seen some different opinions out there, even from the uh, Republican side of people saying, oh, this is going to destroy the party, and it's going to make Biden oh, stronger. God. And I don't think that's the case. I think you're going to have shared ideas, yep. shared philosophies, and and in the end, whoever it comes out the winner, they're going to meet in the middle and they're going to back the other person, and you're going to have a party that comes together to defeat this this other party and these yep. these you know leftist lunatics who are trying to destroy our way of life. Well, Trump said it there. He said this is the and if he sticks to this. Which is what DeSantis would stick to as well. It, it actually unites a bunch of people. Everyone in this room shares the one key mission. We're going to defeat Joe Biden, defeat Joe Biden, and the radical Democrats. These are radical left people. 
Yeah, I think everybody agrees with that. <laughs> you know who agrees with that especially? A bunch of independents. I think you got a ton of those people who aren't part of any political party. They'll, they'll you know, kind of waffle back and forth, but they've had it. There's a yes. new national poll out that said 71% of all Americans, 71% unhappy with the way the country's going right now. It's pretty amazing. I mean, sure it's a really, really big number. I mean, and just to kind of touch on what Trump said, too, he says, you know, I think it's it's disloyal. Is it disloyal? You know, some people say no, but I think it is. And my question is, why, what's the disloyalty about? Because you feel like that you should have no one in your way. You feel like you deserve to be president again. It's all about the country. That's what he should be focused on. What's best for the country? Maybe he is the one that's best for the country. Right. But we're going to find that out as the process goes on. But you I mean, know how he's thinking. Oh, yeah, I know. He's think, First of all, he doesn't like anybody in his way. He does see that as disloyal. Secondly, he fully believes that that first one was taken, that's, well, last election, I should say, was taken away from me. Yes. For you to get in the way of what is rightfully mine, you are disloyal to me. That, I'm just, that's what he's thinking. That's, you know, you're 100% right. And I, I get that way of thinking for him because Lord only knows what that man has been through mm-hmm. with all the fake scandals that have been surrounding him for mm-hmm. the past you know six, seven years now. But at the same time, he's got to look, try to look past all that yeah. because it's all about the country first. What's best for the country? And if, if DeSantis ends up being the one that's best for the country, he shouldn't be looked at as disloyal. He should right. be looked at as a guy who's just trying to do you know what's right for the country that he loves, yep. I think. Yep. Oh, it's, and make uh, no mistake that he's running. He's got a book coming out next month. He's going to run. That's the sign. Yes, yes. I think it's, I think they're going <laughs> to both be better candidates for it. I really do. All right, now, Ron DeSantis, a little closer to home. There's a little controversy on his hands. Some low-information parents who didn't understand what was going on the past year. They were very upset because they're seeing a lot of empty library shelves in Florida schools. Oh, no. And now all the local news stations are picking it up because the review is going on right now. The book review of all the content. This is what other parents who were in the know had said, we want to look at this stuff in the right. curriculum review. Here's, uh, here's some of the, look, this is actually a station out of Jacksonville. It sounds like a very concerned parent. So it actually blew my mind that we were living in a world where we were removing books from classrooms. Okay. When I say low information, <laughs> that's that guy right that's there. He does yes. it, all he's doing, and he's taking this line that probably the teachers union said to him, they're burning books basically is that's what right. they're doing. No, they're reviewing it and following through with new guidelines that books c- that contain pornography, a deal with sexual re- sexual orientation, and ideas that somebody's racist based on their inherent race. That's what they're reviewing. Yes. And this guy turns it into, I can't believe they're removing books from shelves. Did he look? No, no. All he hears is they talking points. Right. Before school, all the teachers had to pack up their stuff. The librarian apparently tearfully announced that she no longer had a resource class to do, and she had to review all the books in the school. Okay, but in the end, okay, they're going to do a review. They'll look at everything. Would this guy rather have stuff that's been found to be on library bookshelves just sitting there for any kid to, to review? Yeah, I don't think he cares. No. People like that, they don't They, they don't, don't care. care. No. They just think, oh, yeah, whatever you want to put there is fine. I can't believe they're removing books from shelves. Why? <laughs> you, you, you don't ever want curriculum reviewed, ever? This guy reminds me of the person like who would who I would be in school with, right? Like if it goes back to like his school days, and the teacher would announce something, hey, Friday, we have no class. They would say it all week. It would be on the on the blackboard. It's there. You see it. Everybody knows, but like one guy, and he's that guy in the class that didn't pay attention to one thing because he's low information and just Pretty didn't much. pay attention to any other information around him. 
And he would try to come to class on Friday and be like, why did anybody tell me there was no class today? Because they want you to be busy. Because <laughs> then, that guy. then they can come up with any line and people like that believe it. Yes. Well, it's because Governor Death Sentence That's right. wants to burn books. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And he would just <laughs> go with it. Would you have any doubt that a guy like that... That questions nothing, would just believe anything anything anybody told him. It's people like that. He's a microcosm. And I went to school with people like that. Oh, yeah. You know? They, they, they're a microcosm of what they grew up to be, which was they were still low information. They yep. still don't pay attention to facts. Yep. They live in their own little world. They hear talking points. And they think, oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. Just They, they don't think for themselves. It just blows my mind we're taking books off of <laughs> library shelves. Okay. What a dummy. Wow. All right. Well, in better news... It's okay, because we're all going to be half billionaires. About time. All right, not all of us, but some of us. If you didn't play Powerball over the weekend, you actually won, because nobody else did either. So you should feel good about that on a Monday. Can I tell you my little victory story? Yes. I was in Publix. I told you I predicted this was going to happen, that it was going to be in Publix on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Because I had to do some shopping and everything like that. It was my brother's birthday, so I knew I had to get a couple of things. Oh, happy birthday, brother. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I'm there. And I look over to my left, and there is the lottery counter. And I'm like, <laughs> am like, I going to buy it? Hello, my old friend, yeah, Nemesis. That's, that's exactly it. Was, now, was there, this is Friday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday, yes. the day of. Was there a line? A little bit. Nothing, oh. nothing daunting, nothing that would hold me back. There was like three people there. Okay. And I looked at it, and I thought, am I going to go against my own philosophy here, where I think no one's going to win? And then I say to myself, well, I'll play just in case. And I was like, you know what? No. I'm taking a stand against myself. I am standing up for what I said. No one's going to win this thing. I'm not going to give in and say, well, just in case, because I'm sticking with no one's going to win. And I won. I won because nobody won. Yeah, but then you went right out to the fair and you spent $400 <laughs> on the ring toss game for your kids. <laughs> they really wanted those Pokemon toys, Bill. What can I, I say? I saw your picture on Facebook and you're like, there the kids are all happy and they have the thing. And oh, I look yeah. at Diener he has, you know that old like cartoon picture of... <laughs> Poverty-stricken children in the 30s, like where their pockets are inside out. That was you. I was like the Monopoly guy when you turn over the community chess card. His pockets, there's nothing in there. He's nothing got in there. Shrugging. Where'd all my money go? You look like 10 pounds lighter because he had no cash on you. <laughs> We're leaving the fair, and Killian goes, "Daddy, I wanted to play one more game." I said, "Son, I spent all my money. <laughs> it's gone. All my monies are gone right now. There's nothing left." So if you're uh, if you are playing. 613, 613 million. That's the, that's the bottom line for tonight yeah. for Powerball. So I'm suckered in. I've been playing too long not to play now. Tonight, Wednesday, and then Saturday again, right? You should just go out. Before they pack up the fair, I'll go, hey, duh, just, you know what? I'm a, I'm a sucker for abuse. Let me, let me give you some money, too. <laughs> well, you're trying, though. See, yeah. you never know. We'll see. All right. What are the storylines for the Super Bowl combatants? Ooh. We know who's going to the big show in Glendale. We'll talk about that. Some of their headlines, too. Coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. From 45 yards. All the way. It's good. It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Who are they going to play, Jim? The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. A lot of storylines out of this one already. Vegas is all kinds of confused. Never seen a line and a prediction. I don't even know where it's at now. I think they've got uh, Eagles favored by like one and a half or something. It's really close. Yeah, I was it thinking. Was yeah, they probably would be over the place last night though. I was just yes. curious and I, I never checked this and I didn't. It kept on changing. Just back and forth. They had no idea because I think they're waiting on injury status for 
a lot of players on both these teams. Yeah, and that's this is where you know the, the Super Bowl where you have a week off in, in between really comes in handy. Oh yeah, you got to get healthy, especially for someone like Patrick Mahomes. You know, game-changing quarterback, probably the best quarterback in the league. So if you're a Chiefs fan and you're the Chiefs team, you want to make sure that guy is about as healthy as possible for the Super Bowl. February <laughs> 12th in Glendale. Arizona gets a lot of Super Bowls, but they it's, do, a, it's yeah. a good site, though. I've always been a fan of that. They talked about a, a rotation of Arizona, Tampa, Miami, and New Orleans. I like that. Makes sense to me. Sure does. Have the, in those At least in those cities more. But then it, you know it comes down to well you have other cities losing out on money and the bidding process and blah blah blah. I don't blah, care blah. about that. Yeah, a... <laughs> <laughs> like you know, a couple of years ago, what was it? Fifty two. They had in Minnesota. I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, Minnesota, Indianapolis held at one time, no. and yeah. get them out of here. It's so funny too, and you know this because you've been part of the uh, Super Bowl press crew on Radio Row when it was in Miami the last time. It's so funny when it's in a cold weather city, right? It's amazing how many just. Bandwagon lapdog sports media guys just complain. All that they just want to golf <laughs> and get free food, and when they can't do that outside, they're all upset. That's right. They hate cold weather cities. Oh yes, oh yes. And they'll tweet about it and they'll oh. put up pictures. Look how miserable I am. They complain. But <laughs> <laughs> their free week long trip. That's right. Oh, you, know, you gotta love it. Those poor guys. But what was the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl? I was trying to remember this. Was it? Was it when, when the they last beat, they beat the Pats? That one. That was it, right? Fifty-two when they beat the Pats. Fifty-two. Okay, so they haven't been in it in five years. Right. The Chiefs haven't been in it in two years, but it's their third time in the past four years making it to the Super Bowl. So two teams that have one Super Bowl. Yeah, one that's trophy. Right. That's right. And I don't know. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of crowd this is. I just think because it's Eagles fans, they travel well. They will, in fact, sell their grandmas. Mm-hmm. They're put them in a home. Sure. <laughs> just, just to make they'll, it to the game. They'll mortgage their houses and cars <laughs> to make it to the game. That's well, why I think there's yeah. going to be more Eagles fans. They'll pay whatever. I think you're right. I think they, they do travel well. Their fan base is everywhere. I know we have a couple of Eagles fans here in the building. Oh, I got some good friends that are Eagles fans, yeah. and they absolutely will. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I could see that. But Chiefs Kingdom, Bill. Chiefs Kingdom is nothing to play around with. But don't you get the feeling from them? I don't know... I don't actually know any Chiefs fans personally. I just get the feeling from watching them online and at the game, whatever. They they think they're going to be in it every year because they've been in the cha- the the AFC Championship every year. So I think they're like, all right, if I don't make this one, I'll go to the next one. I feel like yeah, there might. I'll wait for Miami. Maybe right. Maybe there's a sense of entitlement a little bit. Maybe like, I, you know we we got a great team. We're always going to go back because they have. Listen, credit to them. They built an incredible organization. The amazing yeah. run four AFC title games in a row right now. Super Bowl third time in four years, and credit to the Eagles too. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. Not a yeah. lot of teams do it. No, and they are able to get back now five years later with essentially a revamped team. No, it is because they were a disaster after they looked like one and done. That's what everybody was saying. Right. Them. I mean, everybody's gone. Yep. <laughs> from that team five yep. years ago. So I new staff, know. new players, and they made it back. We shall see. But we got it set. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be interesting. I like it. I know some people right away were like, oh, that's it. I'm out. Eagles, Chiefs, I, I don't care. Ugly, I don't care about this game. Ugly Why? uniform matchup game, though, I it would is. say. It's yeah. ugly. This is the first time we've had this matchup, actually. Who's home? Ooh, good question. I don't know who's home, so they get choice of... If the Eagles are home, they're going to wear green, right? Yes. I would think so. And the Chiefs would wear their reds. They would wear so whoever's reds. home is going to wear their dark colors. See, I think, I think I would like to see the Chiefs in their red and then the Eagles in their white and green. I, I like the white and green eagles. That uniforms. would look a little better. Yeah, 
It's a bad color combination. <laughs> it just is. I feel like one of those Thursday night games when they're, it's like just one of the, the <laughs> what is it, the all colors game? I, no. <laughs> I hate that's something the NFL needs to get rid of the monochromatic uniforms. Yes, no, like the Chiefs are wear all red and the Eagles are going to wear all green and it's going to look like Christmas at the Super Bowl. <laughs> do not adjust do. your televisions. Oh gosh! All right. In the meantime, we might as well make it all sports. But these are sure. sports stories that actually matter. A massive. This is this was even bigger than the conference championship games over the weekend. <laughs> not with ratings, but I love a great revenge story, mm. and we got it in Australia. He's a perfect 10, not only champion of Australia for a 10th time, but he is the best player on the planet again. Okay, if you could hear that announcer drowned out over the crowd, Novak Djokovic won the Australian Open. You'll remember, this was the guy they wouldn't even let in the country last year for this tournament because he's unvaccinated. That's right. Amazing turnaround. (laughs) And he wins, and he does it right in their face. You know who is front row? One of the biggest vaxxers in the world and the and the vax mandate guys, Bill Gates, was there to see it. It was such a great scene and a great sense of just like, oh, stick it in your face it right there. Excellent, excellent turn of events. He went from being thrown in jail in the country <laughs> to a year later winning the whole thing in the faces of all the people who criticized him. So I love it. And credit to him, too. I mean... This guy, what a career. He's tied the all-time record now with, with 22 Grand Slam championships. One of He's, the greatest athletes of all time. Oh, my gosh. It, ten, 10 Australian Opens. Just in, what an incredible career. And he's not done. He's number one player again. I think he's around my age, like mid-30s. So he's got a solid like four to five years left to play. Just for the revenge factor, I was so rooting for him to win this thing. Yes. And it's just, well, oh, oh but, but he's unvaccinated. Isn't he a threat to everybody in the tennis arena? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't watch this thing close enough to see the crowd. Is there like a masked up bunch of fans there at this thing? No, no. They were were just doing their thing. No big deal, which is great to see. Australia was tyrannical. Yes. During this whole thing. I mean, insane. That was one of the biggest surprises for me was to see how Australia turned into this lockdown state. I'm like, oh my gosh, they had camps and everything, internment camps for people. What is going on? You know what I want to see next, though? Mm. And Novak Djokovic's revenge tour? The U.S. Open. Because remember, New York is the same thing. Yeah, very much. You know. Yeah, you're right. They didn't let him play. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's still rules here in this country where unvaccinated international travelers aren't travelers aren't allowed to come into the country, which is just insanity. Right. So hopefully, by the time the um, U.S. Open comes around again in September, it's a far away away right now. Those uh, rules are gone, and I would love to see him come in and win it right there too. That would be great. Do it again, Novak. Who would have thought the revenge against the Vax mandates would come from tennis? Yes. But I'm here for it. <laughs> Djokovic. I'm a fan of his now. All right, we've got uh, we've got this going on tonight, too. Just another reminder. $613 million for Powerball. That's a big, uh, it's a big rollover. That thing's been rolling over forever. So if you're playing, good luck with it. All right, coming up next, more headlines. A little bit more from the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that with the matchup coming up. But also this. Uh, including Florida's own Benjamin Crump, the attorney, says despite the fact that there were five black police officers who beat and and uh, killed that man in Memphis, it's still a race issue. How you're saying? Uh, well, we have the same <laughs> question. We got that in a feel-good story for you coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Black, Hispanic, or white is part of the culture, this biased culture that said this is allowed. It's not allowed, though. No. Well, who says all five? All five <laughs> officers were 
thrown off the Memphis Police Department. Now they've all been arrested. It's not allowed. No, no one ever said it's why why would anyone say this is allowed? I mean, they murdered this poor kid. I mean, they 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 beat him to death. It's absolutely horrific. They're in jail where they deserve to be for the rest of their lives. And to make this into a racial issue when it should be, how do we stop dirty cops yes. from being part of police departments? And it makes that's it sound like that's problem. what he's talking about, but he's really no. not. He's just finding any possible way they possibly can to still put a racial divide on this thing. And I think that's just so irresponsible. I really do. And I'll say this, even if it was, let's say, a George Floyd situation, okay? Right. Where it was white cops who, who ended up killing a black man on the, on the street. We even, with that, we said the same thing. I know, obviously, the easy thing to do is to go right to race. Yep. The first thing that but what we should be doing is looking at how do we get better quality police officers in there yes. who aren't dirty or corrupt. Exactly right. Because you know who would want that first and foremost? Cops. Yes. They can't stand that this happened because it just caused more attacks on them. Do you see any of the footage from, from Times Square in New York over the weekend? Man. Cop cars you know, flamed, overturned, people yeah. jumping on them. Like that's really going to help out the situation in Memphis. Really good thinking, people. It's, it makes no sense to me when, when people do that. It's just totally counterproductive. And it's just, but what happens is that becomes the discussion. That becomes the focus. And that breeds anger. It, it breeds does. disdain. It, bring, it breeds hate. When you're saying you're, you're trying to, you know, stop a, a racial divide, what you're doing is just wedging it further and further it, apart. It just creates more of a divide. And I tell you what, who should get more of the attention is uh, Nichols' stepfather has. Since even before the videotapes were released, the video footage of this thing from the body cam footage has been calling for peace because they knew that the protests were coming. And I can't tell you how much I respect and love that. That's the guy. That's the kind of guy that should get so much attention on this. They can actually do a lot of good. He's pleading for peace. Yes. And it, was is, his, and it was his man. stepson that was killed. And that's, that's the thing, too. I can't even imagine, nor do I even want to try, God forbid, to be in their shoes when you lost your child to this brutality from these police officers beaten to death. And more and by the way, more man, protests planned throughout the week in various cities throughout the country. They're bigger than I am because I don't know if I'd be able to come out on camera and say, you know, we want peace. We don't I want don't anybody know. doing these things. I might just, you know, I, I would be able to talk to anybody. So how they're able to do that is is amazing. Here's another amazing thing that came out over the weekend, and I don't care what you think about the Pelosi's. This was horrifying to see. It was just bad. I mean, it's it's a matter of fact. An 80 year old guy took a hammer to the head. Yeah. And they released this thing Jeez. on Friday. Uh, the the body cam footage from the cops of the incident in Nancy Pelosi's house when her husband Paul was attacked by that loon, David DePap, when she wasn't there. You know what's incredible? Friday night, a news station, a TV station in San Francisco, gets a phone interview with DePap. He hasn't spoken at all. They have him on the phone. And you know what he says? What? He's sorry. But he's not sorry about the attack. This is his quote. I'm sorry. I quote, didn't get more of them. Oh, geez. This is a lunatic. This guy lost his mind, huh? Made the call the same day that the district attorney's office released the video of the October attack, which we had a feeling was going to be on Friday. Wow. And the video is so strange. I mean, there's there's still some questions from it, but the, the answers are there, which is you have some type of lunatic who's going after political figures. And for whatever reason, he's just in the house holding the hammer, standing next to Paul Pelosi. 
Very, I mean, the whole thing was strange still. If you want to still have questions about it, fine. Well, just the whole situation. Everybody's but. got a theory on that, too. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. Like you said it before when we first talked about this, and you're right. The problem with that is everyone thinks they're not an expert, but everybody's convinced that they're right. Yes. Why? Because we're looking at body cam footage? It's it's thirty seconds of video that's out of context. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and but that's that's what it is. Everyone's like, "Well, can't you see? This is obviously the case." <laughs> right. It's like, how can you say it's obviously the case? Everyone's confused by this, but we do know that this guy, you know, attacked Paul Pelosi. Crazy video, disturbing. Yeah, it's really weird. No matter what happened, but uh, I just couldn't believe that was his quote from prison. Wow. <laughs> and he's calling into a TV station. Is he like the Zodiac killer? It's like, yeah, he's, yeah, we'll take the call. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> All right, after all that, we need one of this, especially on a Monday. Feel good story of the day. I think this is a really good one. There are heroes out there. An Arizona man is being called a hero. He jumped into a canal to save another man, uh, but he also saved his dog from drowning. It was a two-for-one. Wow, that's a pretty rare. (laughs) Productive day, I'd say. You're not kidding. And it's always these cases, you know, they never exist. He's just going about his daily business. His name is Rich Zuccarello. He's talking about who ended up in the canal with his dog, Smokey Bear. Oh, Smokey. R- Ryan Carrera talking about the big rescue. He kind of got up on the little brick part, and instead of coming towards me, he took one step towards the water, and his hind leg slipped off, and then he slipped over the edge and disappeared. His weight pulled me in the water. I heard someone across the water yell, help. I didn't think. I just jumped. We just kind of hugged. We had a moment where I was just like, thank you. You literally saved my dog. I like dogs a lot, so there was no way I was going to let a dog drown. And Rich, too, you know, it's just, I think, uh, yeah, there was no way. All right, hold on. Time out. The attraction to jumping in and becoming a hero is to save the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the first thing? Like, that caught Look, you, right? I'm glad it worked out and everything, but let's face it. He went in to save the dog first. At the end, you hear him? Oh, and Rich, too. Listen, listen. I just, I love dogs, and then Rich happened to be in there, so if you're going to save him, too. Right. <laughs> like, oh but if gosh. it was just Rich, you would have been like, ah, you know. That's amazing. That looks like a dangerous canal. I'm not too sure. I don't know. No, he's the guy's a hero, so there's your feel-good story for the day. And we got this coming up. Don't forget, $613 million now, well over a half a billion for Powerball. That's the minimum amount for tonight's drawing. They do the three drawings in a week. Remember, that's why it's uh, built up so much. This thing is just rolled on forever. So if you didn't play Powerball over the weekend, you should feel like a winner, too. And I do. Because nobody won the ultimate jackpot. There were less surprises, but at least you didn't waste your money. I feel I feel pretty good because I made the active decision not to play because I had a feeling this thing's going to keep going. What do we always say? You can't lose if you don't play. I've, I'm living by your philosophy, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm doing. All right, so that's coming up tonight, too. we got some more headlines. Another angle from uh, the Super Bowl to talk about. And how about this? Tom Cruise did it. Top Gun Maverick won Best Picture. Woo! All right, maybe it wasn't the Oscars, but oh. it won Best Picture at something. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. The old people love it. I'll just give you that clue. It's Good. Com- it's coming up next. The Seth Loader Morning Show. Keep it here. All right. I'm trying to figure out the, the angle so far, Diener, in the Super Bowl, because this is all you're going to hear for two weeks. Two weeks. We'll find better angles than this, but it's the Kelsey Bowl. Yes, that's right. Because it's the first time ever two brothers are playing in the Super Bowl. You got uh, Travis Kelsey from the Chiefs. Is it Chris Kelsey? Uh, the Eagles? Jason Kelsey. Oh, Jason. I was way off. Ah, close enough. Well, whatever. Right. Five Who letters. <laughs> this is an angle there they've been talking about a lot. It's the first time two black quarterbacks have faced off. Yeah, you're going to hear about that. I, 
if we're not supposed to focus on race, why is that important? It's again, it's it's one I, of those I, things. I, I guess I don't know. I got an angle for you though. Yes. If, if you're looking, for, if you have no rooting interest whatsoever, you're just looking forward to the commercials. You don't care about the game. Here's one. It's the Andy Reid revenge game. I like the revenge factor. He was fired at one time from the Eagles, and now he's uh, facing them with the Chiefs. So maybe that's something. Boy, the Chiefs uh, certainly worked out for them with the Eagles firing Andy Reid. Boy. He's the winningest coach in Eagles history. How about that? And he's, I, guess, I think, like a game or two away of becoming the winningest coach in Chiefs history. And uh, Jim Nance on the call described it how often Kansas City's had at least a chance to get there. It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Heading to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. They're kind of good, Jim. <laughs> if you watch, and they, they both games got great ratings, so it was a good chance oh, yeah. a lot of you watched this game last night. What happened to Tony Romo? He used to be great. Yeah, uh, he just took like a 180 this year. I don't know what it was. He Are just they, started like fawning over like three different quarterbacks and three different teams and it was weird. I used to like his analysis. He kind of he was good at predicting what the next play was going to be. I think he's right. out of material. He just now it's just love. He just loves everyone. Maybe he's got to he's got to tighten up a little bit. And then the Eagles game was just an absolute blowout. The final call was even boring. So we're trying to spice it up a little bit. Let's go to the Spanish call. Las Aguilas, yeah. En Glendale, Arizona, el próximo 12 de febrero. Avanzan al Super Bowl. Yeah. I was just waiting for a Super Bowl. See? Love it. Yeah. Good for the Chiefs, though. I forgot this is their third time in four years. That's, that's impressive. Pretty damn good. Now, they've only won once, but if they win this time, it's two out of... Two out of four years, that's that's pretty good. Now, if they lose, he, uh, Mahomes, because it, it's so funny. We just simplify this down to just the quarterbacks. I know. And quarterback versus quarterback, they don't play each other. Right. He'd be one and two. <laughs> he if, would be. If the Eagles beat the Chiefs. Look at Jalen Hurts is 24 years old. This is a guy, remember Jalen Hurts is a guy who was benched at Alabama. Yeah, that's right. When Tua came onto the scene for Alabama, and he won the national title. Yep. With Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. who is the receiver on the Eagles with Jalen Hurts now. Mm-hmm. So a couple of Alabama guys getting it done for Phillies. I mean, just, boy, what a... Uh, the first of the Alabama three quarterbacks, really, yeah. that uh, has made it to a Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's Glendale, Arizona, February 12th, as we said. Now, it wasn't without controversy. This is being called the extra play game already. It's Ooh, already got a nickname in the Kansas City game because apparently they didn't hear the ref because the crowd noise... Play, call the play dead. They stopped him on third down. Blah, blah, blah. They get an extra play. People are already mad about that. And then they're calling it the penalty. He's going to go for the... Yes, he's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. There is the flag, Jim. Oh, my God, Jim. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's controversial because, yes, it was a penalty. He knocked him out of bounds when he was out of bounds already. And it was a 15-yard penalty, but it got him that much closer to kicking the field goal. And there you go, it's in. So, not without controversy, I'll say. I gotta tell you though, even you know, controversy withstanding, I felt so bad for the Bengals player Joseph Osai. I think it was. Oh the, God, yeah. The defensive tackle there. Oh, who, you knew what he did. Oh, I mean, you make that play, you hit uh, the quarterback when he's ready out of bounds. It's a clear penalty. It's a clear 15-yard penalty. Brutal. And you know, in the back of your head now, that you have to live with the fact that you put them in field goal position. To win the game. Wow. 
It's just that's a tough loss. And one of the Bengals players, I get frustration heat of the moment, but one of the Bengals players was caught in a microphone heading into the locker room screaming, "Why'd you have to do that? Why you, you touch the quarterback? What are you doing?" Oh just no, really? Screaming about it? Yeah. Oh, that's that's rough. So he one of his own teammates. That's not. Oh. That's probably just frustration, I guess. Yeah. Lauren, that's the one part of the game Lauren saw. It. She goes, "I feel so bad." I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> I feel so sorry for him. Even I felt bad. I know. And he got hurt of the play, so he that's did. a double whammy. Oh, what a shame. But uh, it should be it should be a great game. Some people were like, ah, I'm out. I'm not interested in this matchup. I'm like, why? It's two great teams. Yeah, we'll see. At least we'll have the commercials, I guess. That's Who true. Knows? All right, news-wise, this just popped up. A lot of heat. I surp- I th- I'm, I'm surprised it's gone this far. Now, we know that you had the government crackdown on TikTok. No government devices that are issued by states or cities or the feds or whatever will be allowed to have TikTok on it, the Chinese social media app. But there's a strong push to ban it, like for everybody nationwide. Other countries have done that. India did it. India, and I think Australia. I think Australia did too. Well, now the heat has caused this. It's just announced the CEO of TikTok will testify before Congress in March. Um, Xiaozi Chu will go before the House Energy and Commerce Committee March 23rd. The chairwoman says uh, the hearing will cover various things like consumer privacy and data security. Here's why I think it may actually have some, surprisingly, has a lot of bipartisan support. Because they know for sure, when you've got the FBI saying that TikTok is a security risk because of data theft, you know for sure they're going to crack down as much as they can. I tend to think the cat's out of the bag already. It's too late. It's too many. you got to tell teens and kids in their 20s that they can't have TikTok? Please. I know. Good luck. And this is why I thought it was so funny when, when Adam Schiff... Put out his video talking about, you know, I can't believe I was taking off the intelligence committee and all these things. Yeah. And he put out the video on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> on his own phone. On, why does Adam Schiff have a TikTok account? Oh, this God. is why you're being kicked off committees, you bum. That's a great point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe I'm not on the intelligence committee. He's like, well, I mean, they, you know, I can't use it on my government uh, phone, oh. but I'll, I'll go on there my own phone. Amazing. What an idiot. Well, this will make you feel better about that. He did it. He did it. Finally, one of the best movies of all time has been recognized as best picture. Yeah. Love it. Top Gun Maverick, best picture. All right. <laughs> not at the Oscars. That'll, Listen. That'll never happen. Best picture is best picture in my book. It got best picture at AARP's Movies for Grownups Award. Outstanding. I didn't know this was a thing. I did some research since the last time we talked about it. Oh, my God. It's a whole red carpet. It's a big deal. There's a stage presentation. It's huge. I love this. Really? And more people vote on this than they do for the Oscars. Because AARP has a lot of members. They, yeah, that's they, true. They throw this out to their membership, which is huge. It's in the millions, by the way. Wow. And they voted Best Picture, Top Gun Maverick. See, How the, about that? The people know. This is what I, I hope the Oscars get it right. Baz Luhrmann, yeah. got Best Director for Elvis. Oh, wow. Um, this doesn't should be no surprise who in the AARP Awards won Best TV Series. Who was it? A show called The Old Man. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I Jeff Bridges in, is in that. I had no idea that was even a thing. I was going to say Game of Thrones, but I guess it's The Old Man. <laughs> And uh, Career Achievement Award they even have. Jamie Lee Curtis got that. Oh, very nice. Because of these randy old men voting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, I remember her in that movie, Perfect. Oh, yeah. hey, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give her the award. I think she does, like, sponsorship for AARP now. Oh, she does? I think so. Well, that's fixed. This is dirty. That's dirty pool. Oh, come on. I tell you. 
I don't care about that. They run their own show. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Here's another fluffy story for you. Dolly Parton wants to punch out Mick Jagger. I mean, who hasn't once Tell me you wouldn't pay for that poor, uh, pay-per-view. I would. I, I need to see video of this happening. All right, we got that in, uh, from the news. Trump versus DeSantis just kicked up a notch. Coming up next, the East South Florida Morning Show. And about a 45% chance of being disappointed in Powerball. Sorry. But again, don't forget, if you don't play, you can't lose. <laughs> That's I'd like to go by that one. That's right. That's right. But anyway, it's fun to dream anyway. $613 million for tonight's jackpot. Been rolling over and over and over. Months, I think. Boy. Right? Yeah, it's it's been... Well, I remember back... From break to start off the year. Oh, right. That's when it was percolating. Yeah. We're yeah. like, oh, wait, what's, what is this? What's going on here? But all the love was going to Mega Millions at the time. Mega Millions was was up there over a billion. Right. Meanwhile, Powerball was creeping, creeping up. And we're like, hey, you know, Powerball is at like 200 million. And now here we are. It's at 600 million. We're like, oh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm too deep into it now not to play. I know. I don't blame you. <laughs> so they got you. <laughs> Got to keep trying now. Oh. Sorry. All right, well, uh, the man from Mar-a-Lago, President Trump had quite an event in New Hampshire. Maybe not to the size of the crowd. It was, a, it was more like a gathering, but uh, still plenty, plenty, massive crowd outside of people waiting in the snow and in the cold in Concord, New Hampshire, waiting to see him, and they couldn't even get in. And then inside, I thought it was kind of a unifying speech for at least on the Republican side of things. Maybe he was happy about Ronald McDaniel winning re-election for the RNC. I don't know, but he was he was in a unifying kind of mood. To save America, we need a leader who is prepared to take on the forces laying waste to our country. And we need a president who is ready to hit the ground running on day one. And this? Everyone in this room shares the one key mission. We're going to defeat Joe Biden, defeat Joe Biden, and the radical Democrats. These are radical left people. Just throw this, throw this out there, and he said it right there in that one little line. One key mission. It's nice. It is. It's rallying. It's easy to remember. It's unifying. And I think if that's the point you can make. Yes. Right? And, and I know he goes back and forth with, you know, DeSantis. But if you can make that point, one key mission. One key mission. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's unifying. Here's our goal. One common goal, which is to get rid of these leftist lunatics and get the country back on track. We're all in this together. That's rhinos, Republicans. People who haven't voted in a while, right? especially independents. He's really got to make a massive push for independents because they're out there. I'm telling you, they're out there. People who are finally independents who are willing to vote anything but Democrat. They just did a national poll. Thousands of people, 71% of the country, unhappy with the direction of the country right now. 71%. It's a lot, man. It's That's, massive. It's a huge number. It, it shocked me when I saw that. I was like, whoa, never seen that before. But of course, CNN... They were the main culprits on this one. They were all excited, not because of what he said in New Hampshire. It was what he said on the plane coming back from New Hampshire. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. And uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, the, his Democrat opponent. Okay, okay. Well, it's nothing he hasn't said before about DeSantis. He's just saying, and by the way, I don't disagree. I don't think he would have been governor if it wasn't for Trump. I mean, yeah, that's true. He got him in the position to win. I think DeSantis was able to win once he was in the position. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, he he was a no-name. He was. I mean, right. I remember when Trump brought him up and it was like, oh, who's this guy? But once we knew who he was and we started to hear him talk, he kind of helped himself get over the finish line. But then, 
the D word came up. Not DeSantis. Disloyal. Uh-oh. Oh, is this the fight? So then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about loyalty. It's not about loyalty, but it is. But for me, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Well, to him it is. Oh, yes. Is Will that get in the way of progress going forward? I know that they want to tear this apart in this big fight. Listen, this fight was going to happen anyway. It's going to happen. you got to figure out who the alpha dog in the pack is. You've, you've got to do this. And you get a stronger pack out of it. That's I know I've seen this yes. from the beginning. I think so. It's like, think of, think of it this way. Think of Rocky, okay? The Rocky movies. You have Rocky going up against Apollo Creed. And they're both the alpha dogs. And Rocky's the up-and-comer. So Rocky's like Ron DeSantis. Apollo uh-huh. Creed is Trump. And, you know, he's the incumbent. And then eventually, after they're fighting each other, they're beating the snot out of each other over a couple movies, they become best friends. Yes. And they start to realize, you know what? Yes. We're stronger together, and we can work together on things. And I think maybe that's how things could go with DeSantis and Trump. In the end, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a slugfest. Fine. But when we get to the end, they'll be able to you know, be friends again and, and work together to make the country better, I you think. You're exactly right. And you want a perfect example of that? Do you just think back to like around the debate stage late 2015, the stuff that Trump used to say about Ted Cruz? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, everybody <laughs> remembers like, you know, low energy Jeb and, oh, yeah. and little Marco. My God, the stuff he said about Ted Cruz and his wife. He called his wife ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and after all of that, Gosh. after all of it, and the whole end of the process, you, you could not find, at least in the Senate, a stronger supporter of Trump than Ted Cruz. Yes, exactly. He called his wife ugly. <laughs> well, I don't think she's very attractive, but that's okay. Yeah. He still came out of his friends. It's not about attractive, but to me it is. It, it is. Yeah, you know. It's okay. That's Lion it. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> he said it to his face so many times. These guys are going to be fine. And yes. I think what they're going to do is they're going to really throw out the... Here's what I like about it. I think the byproduct, whether they, they know it or not, of these two, the fight between Trump and DeSantis is the byproduct. What's going to come out of this in a bubbling goo mass is going to be truly what the American public want. Because they're both going to have to default to that. It's going to be a fight to figure out what truly will get to the base. Right. And what, and what truly will bring in more independence to finally understand that these Democrats are lunatics. And and don't get us wrong. It's going to get ugly. Okay, it's, oh, yeah. it's going to get nasty. The media is going to eat it up on both sides, whether it's MSNBC or Fox News. They're going to eat this up. It's going to be ratings well, gold for them. To be honest, full disclosure, so are we. Yes, well, of course. This I is going to be great. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. This is going to be great radio for us. Oh, forget it. It's, it's content for the next year and a half. Are you kidding me? When po- the only time we talk about politics is when it turns into wrestling. Yes, that's right. <laughs> when we can talk about it like it's entertainment, that's when we're in, and this is going to be in. <laughs> it's going to be something, and you're going to have to, you know, the Republican Party is eating itself alive. Is this a clear path for Joe Biden and, and the Democrats? <laughs> I mean, I can write the headlines right now, five months from now. Oh, yeah. That's how it's going to be, or even eight, nine months from now. <laughs> but in the end, they will be stronger for it, just like Rocky and Apollo became best friends in the end. I can't wait. Two yeah. alpha dogs going at it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Here's another uh, Super Bowl angle story, which I don't understand, and this was a real thing. Maybe you saw the picture already of the Empire State Building. Yes, iconic building in New York City. They they put up Eagles colors, and they congratulate. If the thing has a Twitter account, and they congratulated the Eagles. Have you ever? You want to talk about a rival? That's like top five in sports. It's Giants Eagles. 
They hate each other. I would be. What do, how do New Yorkers wow. feel about this? What did they get hacked? Right, as I'm saying, I think that there was an Eagles fan who works for the Empire State Building and did this. I don't know. I would be so angry if I was a Giants fan. I don't understand this one bit. I thought it was a joke. This this would be like if the Jets made the Super Bowl, well, right? And Miami made the Freedom Tower green and white for the Jets. Well, there was and that's what it would look like. Yeah, by the way, exactly. It's like it was all set ready to go. So the joke was, <laughs> Jets fans are walking by this thing going. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. We made it. I don't understand that one bit. I don't know no. how it happened. I want an explanation. It's like the New York Post is all over this, too. It's like no one understands who or why or what they did. Was was this a, a woke NFL attempt <laughs> of like, oh, know. we're all one community. Oh, we want to root for the NFC team. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That's, we'll, that's uh, tough. But uh, congratulations, Eagles fans, Chiefs fans, Super Bowl 57 already. My God. I know. February 12th in Arizona. Now, they decided the teams get ready for all the, we had a couple of them, but ready for all the commercials to come flooding into our lives here from here on out because it's going to happen. This week, they're going to be everywhere. Just to fill the time. It's so annoying, too, because we were, we were even seeing this on Friday. Oh, yeah. They were showing some previews for the commercials, and it was like a montage of like 10 commercials. I'm like, guys, it's two weeks away. Can we, can we have some like sort of surprise for the big game? No. We have to watch them all before it even comes on? Everything's a preview. Oh, my gosh. All right, we got another big sports story that actually happened that's bigger than a sports story, and it happened at the Australian Open. Revenge? For those who decided to make a health choice and revenge for Novak Djokovic. Wow. I love this. This is a massive story. Is that coming up? Other headlines, too? It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Big change today. I'm a little bit confused because it, I, I guess they delayed the opening of the Diamond Interchange around Glades Road in Boca because of overnight rain. You know, they wanted to oh, throw geez. too many changes into the mix here. <laughs> So if it's not bad enough that there's going to be like this whole lane change going on, it started raining. And we so. haven't been able to get down there yet, so uh, you can chime in and tell us. But after two years of construction, the new diverging diamond interchange, it's open today, they say. Glades Road, 95, Boca Raton. There you go. Just be careful. It's, it's a tough spot to begin with. It's very difficult to describe, but this is what you've been driving through for the past couple of years. Uh, the new configuration. There's a good little... A graphic on it, like a like a virtual demonstration of it on the Department of Transportation's website. But that's like everybody's driving normally. Right. No one's insane. <laughs> no one's late for work. Trying to put on makeup while they're getting to work. Right. Texting, watching so, a video. In theory, this thing is going to be fine. It allows two directions of traffic on 95 to temporarily cross to the opposite side of the road. It's going to be strange, man. This is going to take some getting used to. I know this sounds scary, but they say it cuts down on accidents. That's and that's the good part of it. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be convenient. Like once people get used to it, it is. It's going to cut down on traffic. It's going to cut down on accidents. It's going to make things more streamlined. Allegedly, so, allegedly. So I like the idea of it. It's just how does it want you know once we put it into practice. This is the selling point. This is how they got the budget done. Improve traffic operations, increase safety, enhanced accessibility for all drivers. Here's what you've been driving through since March of 21. Wow, it's been that long. The roadway widening, drainage, bridge widening, retrofitting 95, and military trail, and forget about that, and the construction, which we've all seen of those new ramps and dedicated median pedestrian bridge. Right, which is also good. Well, yeah. You want to have something like that. Well, yeah, it's all good. I just, okay. (laughs) <laughs> we can't have people norm. We can't have people driving normally on like 
Perfectly perfect weather and straight roads. That's the problem. Okay. I know. Again, adjustment period. Just uh, take it slow. There's no no rush on the diamond exchange. Take it slow. Get used to it. Stop honking at people. No, that'll never stop. Don't be impatient. Are you kidding? I know. I know. I said, and this was in Port St. Lucie. I don't know if you if this how many times it's happened to you. I'm sure it has happened, but it just angers me. Like right away, instantaneously, it's just like boom, I'm angry. You're sitting at a light, and it just turns green. Oh, y- yeah. And as soon as it turns green, within like a second, if you don't move, the person behind you honk. I'm like, it just turned green. <laughs> Leave me alone. That, my friend, is the New Yorkification. Oh my God. Of the pizzle. I don't want it. Either that, or you know what I noticed about your your neck of the woods. Port St. Lucie. Yes. The Pizzle. Yeah, as as Jen call it. calls it. Yeah. People, a lot of people from Miami have moved to Port St. Lucie. Yes, that's true. They bypassed Broward and Palm Beach and they went right there. Right. They just went as far north as possible. They've brought their driving habits from Miami to Port St. Lucie. I have noticed that. Port St. Lucie is nuts because so many people moved there at one time. I know. So they, the the, I don't think is, the infrastructure oh was ready for it. No, it's not. They need to update a lot over there. So I think you're going to see that in like the next 10 years. A lot of uh, updating as far as infrastructure, because it's just it's like this influx of people now. I know. What like you? Yes. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> Here I am complaining about the influx of people. I'm one of them. The Port St. Lucie natives are like, ah, oh, I tell you, <laughs> all these Loxahatchians. Oh, yeah. We're coming. So uh, they okay, this is the, the very first one of these roadway designs they put in Springfield, Missouri in 2009. 150 of them exist in the country right now, and they say crashes, fatal crashes, have been reduced by 55%. That's great. Welcome back to Traffic Talk, everybody. Yes. <laughs> this is our traffic segment. But it's a big deal if they open this thing at Boca Raton, so just slow it down. It is. You're right. Very busy area. And get off Diener's tail, would you? Please. doesn't like that. It gets very, just, just turn green. It gets very, very angry. Leave me alone. All right, this is a big story in the nation, obviously. And now... Florida-based attorney Benjamin Crump is involved. He has something very interesting to say. I don't think very helpful at all. In fact, I think he's just throwing flames on the fire. Uh, Benjamin Crump says, well, despite the fact that the five Memphis police officers were black and the terrible video, terrible incident where they beat a, uh, another black man to death, he says it's still because of racism. Somehow. It is not the race of the police officer that is the determining factor, but it is the race of the citizen. So even with this, it's a racial issue. Oh, of course. You knew they were going to find a way. I mean, this, this is... That this is not going to help. No, not at it's all. It's not going to help anything improve. Not police relations, community relations, race relations, nothing. They, they focus on the thing, the sensationalized thing. That's what this is. What's going to be sensationalized? What's going to get people's attention? And that's what they focus on. It's always going to come down to race. Always. Even even when it's just a clear cut and dry case of five black police officers beating to death a young black man, they're still going to make this about race because they beat him to death because he was black. Because they've been, even as black men, they've be con- been conditioned to think that uh, black citizens don't deserve the same benefit of the doubt and rights God, as white citizens. Good Lord. How about we just focus on getting really, you know, good police officers in there and not having dirty, corrupt police officers? Because yeah. who this also affects is the other 98% of really good police officers who go and try to do good work for the community. And then you have bad eggs like, you know, the Derek Chauvin's of the world or these guys 
who screw everything up and give a bad image to, to the, you know, again, 98% of cops out there who are actually doing their job well. Nobody hates this more than good cops. And like right. you said, there's mostly good cops out there. This is just not going to help at all. By the way, all the, and there are more planned protests throughout the country. Thank God and I love to see it. The stepdad of the man that was killed is calling for peace. And he has even before the, the videotapes came out, the, uh, the body cam footage. Good for him for doing that. And what in the world is attacking police officers, police cars in places like Times Square, which happened over the weekend? What the hell does that have to do with anything, and how's that going to help? Nothing. These are people just looking for an excuse to riot. That doesn't help anybody. It's such a shame. I mean, they, they, they pick and choose when to start the race conversation. It's ridiculous. And it does no good whatsoever. All right, and way better news. Well, yeah, of course. We know who's in the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Eagles. Congratulations, Chiefs, fans of those teams. Big time. It was another big sporting event that happened over the weekend. Oh. We go to the Australian Open. Let's go. He's a perfect 10. Not only champion of Australia for a 10th time, but he is the best player on the planet again. And you're thinking, Bill, you hate tennis. Why are you talking about tennis? Because of the story. Novak Djokovic got his revenge. I love a revenge story. You, you might not be a big fan of tennis, but you love revenge. And this was just, it was just... Just desserts. It was perfect. Yes. It was the timing was perfect. Remember his story. It was a year ago, exactly a year ago. They wouldn't even let him in the country. Why? He's unvaccinated. We can't have that, mate. That's well, right. Well, you were wrong about that. You misreported it. You hyped everybody up. So you let him in and he wins. And he did it right in the face of Bill Gates, one of the main people in in favor of lockdowns and vax mandates. You did it. I Good love for it. that guy. My all-time favorite player now. I love it, too. I mean, this is it's so justified because he would have won the Australian Open last year, most likely, or at yeah. least would have been in the final. Same thing for the U.S. Open. You know what? A good point here. One of our listeners, Todd, uh, sent me a message. He's, he can't come to America either because he's supposed to. They have the Miami Open, which is also it's not a major. Oh, that's right, it's, though. That is happening. Yes. It was, uh, March 19th, it starts. Oh, that's right. So, you know, are they going to change the rules here so we can play in America? Because we're still backwards like Australia was. Boy, I tell you. Not letting people in because they're not vaccinated. Give me a break. We know now it doesn't mean anything. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, another thing, a benefit that he gave the world, he really, because they weren't aware of it. He opened up the world to what some of these countries like Australia were doing. Right. People heard that story. And yeah, it's only sports. It's only tennis. I get it. But, But they heard that story and they said, wait, they're doing what? Sure. So a year later, all of a sudden, it's safe for him to be around everybody. That's right. As if that was... It's making people question everything. Thank God. They should be. By the way, not related to this, but kind of, sort of, there was a massive protest in front of the BBC in London over the weekend. Tens of thousands of people. Really? Shouting shame on you for their reporting of COVID. Wow. The pushback is real. Good. It should be. I mean, lives were ruined over this. Yeah, you're not kidding. Wow. All right, well... You and I only know one guy that's a Bengals fan. Yeah. One guy that lives in Cincinnati. I don't know whether he's going to talk. I don't even know whether he's going to be available. He won't be that upset. Uh, hopefully not. Poor Jay. Sorry. We'll, we'll ask him. We'll, we'll, we'll test the waters and see how he feels about the game. But mostly we're going to talk about what's going on uh, in the skies and at the airports around the country. For Flight 850, our aviation segment with Jay Ratliff coming up next. Might be a good distraction for him. I think yeah, maybe that's a, it. A good yeah. distraction this morning. Keep him focused on work. Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk to Jay about a bunch of stuff coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. I think you had it right, Deaner. You had a good idea. I think what Jay needs, and he's our only 
Bengals fan in our lives, I think. Do you know any other ones? I don't, actually. I think he needs, he just wants to focus on work. You know, yes. He's probably already making money this morning with oh, daytradefund.com, and he's already, you know, he's talking to us, talking about aviation stuff. Really, it's a service we're providing for Jay. Now boarding. It's Flight 850 with aviation expert Jay Radliff on News Talk 850, WFTL. Ladies and gentlemen, you are Jay, we want you to look at this particular segment like it's 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 our gift to you. We're just going to keep you focused, not think about last night whatsoever. Let's just, you know what? This is just the job at hand, man. Just keep on rolling, baby. Like you're Lucy, and the sign says the doctor is in. Right? Yeah, I, right. I totally get it. I've, I've got my nickel in place. So we're good <laughs> no, look, I, I'm doing well. I I was taught a long time ago in athletics: if you did not play well enough to win, you didn't deserve to win. And yeah. last night they weren't; uh, they didn't play well enough to win. And yeah. uh, of course, everybody in Cincinnati is going nuts on the refs, but. As an athlete, everybody will tell you you never want to put yourself in a position where a call one way or another will ever affect the outcome of a game. And even though it ended on a really stupid note, which reminds me of the Bengals of old, it's, you know, look, uh, Kansas City played a better game, and you got to yeah. tip your hat to them. And maybe next year the Bengals won't be quite as arrogant going into the game, and they'll just let their uh, actions speak for them. You're right, though, about you got to go into a game assuming that it's going to be bad calls. You have to play well enough to oh, yeah. over- overcome them. But, you know, I could see the other argument, too. There were some bad calls. Yeah, there were. But, look, I think Patrick should have just put a little blood on his sock and done a Kurt Schilling, and it would have, oh. you know, just added a lot more to it for years. There it is. <laughs> I know. All right. Now, the business at hand. We've got to start off with this because I didn't know it even happened because I, gotta, I will be completely honest with you. I have not watched, sat down and watched – Saturday Night Live in a long time because I've just been I've hated the politics and the the woke crap and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, me and you both. But I saw your email and I saw the link that you got you had sent us in a separate message about a, a spiff a spoof they had done of Southwest Airlines. It was really good. It was. I have to give them credit because yeah, I I compare this the the Saturday Night Live of today to the old and obviously it, it doesn't they don't hold no. water. It's a completely different language and time, and and they send messages these days instead of just trying to make you forget the week that you just had at work. Uh, but it was it was funny. And, you know, to go after Southwest the way they did, uh, I, I thought it was, you know, it was blog-worthy. You could certainly use it, but it, it was nice to see because, look, Southwest is going to be taking some jabs for some time, and my sister got caught up in the middle of that. Yep. I, I had to buy her a $1,400 last-minute ticket on American Airlines to get her from Omaha to, to uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, and Southwest came out saying, look, uh, we'll make it good. And on their website, you can go there and click and load the receipts. And, uh, guys, they reimbursed me in like 48 hours. So at least they're trying to do better. And if they do spend that billion dollars in upgrading their technology, uh, unlike the video, to something that's a little bit more <laughs> current than the Dell computers, you're, what you're going to find is they're going to start getting back to being the Southwest of old. They're also giving their employees $45 million in a bonus. The, the employees that work those two weeks, uh, they're going to give them uh, a cash bonus saying, look, you're on the front lines. You're taking the brunt of this. Uh, it's one thing to apologize, but we want to you know, try to add a little bit more to our apology. And, and that was certainly good. I think the pilots, it's like three or $4,000 on average, the bonus they're going to get. And mm-hmm. they were probably the, the most vocal group uh, from the employees. But you know, they're also trying to hammer out a, a contract, which is – one of the things that's driving it. But, look, Southwest is a great airline. They'll survive this. They'll get past it. 
the speed at which is going to be dictated on are they going to have any other issues moving forward. But they just haven't felt like the Southwest of old, the Southwest that was employee and passenger-oriented. It's been much more stockholder-oriented. You know, what can we do for our shareholders? What can we do to help the, the price of our stock, blah, 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 versus really having their focus where their focus needs to be. For sure. And if they, you know what? If something like this, if a little spoof on TV knocks them back into what they should be, good. Maybe yeah. that's kind of sort of the way it's supposed to work. So I'm a four. And I, I, I thank you for sharing me something that was good from SNL. I mean, geez. Probably the only thing this year I'll even glance at that has SNL on it. Uh, you and me both, brother. <laughs> you know what? Interestingly enough, Alaska Airlines has been in the news quite a bit. This time, yeah. I know you had sent the uh, the word about uh, banning plastic cups, but the move is to paper cups. How long yeah, is that going to last? Well, plastic is bad for the planet, and they and United Airlines can't move fast enough to show how much they care about the, the planet. And they're saying that since the plastic cups can be a problem, we're going to go to all paper. Ah, but it's going to have to be, how did they word this? Um <laughs> Forests that are managed properly, paper. Uh, I think it was something along that line, so that uh, you know they weren't just getting it from the, the rainforest of Brazil or something. But uh, the thought is that if you're in first class, enjoy your glass. Yeah. If you're if you're in, which can be turned into a dangerous item, which always made me wonder why they take away the knives. But other than <laughs> that, you also have. But if you're in coach, you're going to have paper paper cups for everything. And as a reminder, I, I don't like to drink the coffee on an airplane. It has nothing to do with the cups. It has to do with the, the, the piping inside the aircraft that's used for the water is oh. hardly ever cleaned. Really? When, when you see them do maintenance on it and they pull those out and you look at the gunk that's in there, <laughs> that potable water on an aircraft, uh, you'll never see the pilot or the, the uh, flight attendants drinking coffee. That, tell you something. <laughs> that is true. Of all the flights oh I've been God. on, you I've never Google seen them the doing images it. On, Google the images on that. You'll be like, there's no way that's on a commercial airplane. Really? It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. well, that was a different kind of note, man. But it's, you know what? You remember, I'm in a bad mood, so I figured I'd throw that in for free. That's okay. Remember, this is your therapy set. Get it all it out. Is. Get I it all that. You know what? Uh, you know, I can even share that to you because as a Pats fan, you know, everybody talks about the championships. I have lived through five Super Bowl losses. Look, I don't think you can compare anything <laughs> to what those guys did. Just... <laughs> and the fact that the, the the guy that led them is from Michigan is is even a worse thing. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny how you know with Burrow they they like to compare him to, to Brady, and I'm like, please, the guy has ten Super Bowl appearances, right? I know. Seven Super Bowl rings. You have to get at least halfway there before you can even be mentioned in the same breath. And, yeah. and I'm not a huge Tom Brady. I'm I'm, I'm very, yeah. I mean, good Lord, what the man has accomplished right. is it defies anything in sports, and I love it because he's had a chip on his shoulder since, I don't know, day one, and it's really worked to his advantage. But, um, yeah, it's that, that kind of stuff just uh, – but, no, this, this session's helping, and I appreciate everyone <laughs> that's uh, joining us this morning putting up with, you know, taking care of Jay today. This is why this is take care of J Day. I get it. I know yeah. your pain. I do. All right, now listen. But I, but, but I was also going to show, throw in real quick about an airline flight to 13 hours that didn't go anywhere. What? Yep. Yeah, All right. There. It, it, it was a. It was a, a flight. Emirates flight from I think it was Dubai to Auckland. They get halfway there, when they're told, "Oh yeah, we forgot to tell you, the, the airport's closed because the runway's underwater." Oh my uh, God. Okay. So then they turn around and go back. 
13 hours and the passengers didn't go up anywhere other than landing where they started. That is Wouldn't awful. that have been a fun flight? Do you think somebody might have wanted to tell them, I yeah. don't know, before they took off that the, that the runway was flooded and they couldn't land? That's like losing twice. You know what I mean? You, you find sure. out your, your flight is canceled, delayed. That's one thing. But then you had to be stuffed into an airplane and find out. That's awful. Well, if you're in one of those those suites that have a butler, the doorbell, those kind of things, yeah. probably didn't mind it too much because they'll probably they have to they'd have to refund your money on that and give wow. you probably your frequent flyer miles. They'd have to. All right, there are very few people who know about who's moving around the country more than you do. So I want to ask you this: This is our early, and we'll find out when we watch the game on the twelfth. But just knowing Eagles fan base, and I got a bunch yeah. of Eagles fans. I know you're my only Bengals fan that I know, but and the, and the Chiefs fan base. Just your your outside guess, and there's no way to prove it. This is there's no right or wrong. the The crowd in Glendale, Arizona, on February twelfth is going to be. I, I'm guessing it at like eighty percent Eagles fans. I really am. I've seen it before. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I can tell you, having traveled with the Detroit Lions as their uh, travel coordinator, yep. going to Philly, <laughs> you talk <laughs> about the fan base there. Uh, look, they are they're going to come out in force. They're going to be there. And it's it's going to sound like a Philadelphia home game. And I'll tell you what, guys. After watching that game last night between the the poor Forty ers who you know they had everybody but the janitor out there being the quarterback. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to stop them in the next game. Cincinnati certainly wouldn't have. Uh, and I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to contain them. They looked absolutely uh, unstoppable. I'm kind of or leaning so that the way Eagles too. Against Buffalo a week ago, so maybe I shouldn't say that. But yeah, Philadelphia's had a great year. And yeah. It looks like it's their time. And maybe, you know, we're all, you know, if you don't have any skin in this game, we're all looking for different kinds of angles. And now they're talking about mm-hmm. the Kelsey brothers and all this other stuff. Which is don't, cool. Don't forget about yeah. this one, though. It's the Andy you know Reid. You know where the Kelsey brothers are from? Cincinnati. There you go. I knew mm-hmm. that. I knew that. Yeah. I, I knew at That's least, uh, what's his face there, went to uh, University of Cincinnati. But don't forget about this. It's the Andy Reid revenge game. They had... Yeah, but if you don't like Andy Reid like I don't, so does that mean I'm rooting? <laughs> I'm trying, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he the guy that just beat the Bengals? You know, you're not helping here. Oh, so. sorry. All right. Well, we ended no, on a no, sour Look, note. I just want a good game. Yeah, you know, I, we'll I get watched it. the first game yesterday, and it wasn't a good game. It wasn't. It, it just There's no way it could have been competitive. No. And um, the, the, all you want is the, uh, the, the, the a good game in the Super Bowl. We got it last year, uh, and I, I certainly would like to see it uh, happen again because – Look, the NFL is starting to bring back more fans as they shut their mouth more on social events. Hopefully right. that'll continue. Right. And uh, you don't want them to blow it, but uh, it's the NFL. They probably will. Well, put it this way. It was that Eagles-Niners game was so non-eventful. On the morning show, we went with this call at the end. Las Aguilas estarán en Glendale, Arizona, el próximo 12 de febrero. Avanzan al Super Bowl. It's the only thing that made it interesting, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hats off to whoever pulled that one out. Right. That was more interesting than anything I saw. Oh, all right, pal. We will talk to you in a week. You take care, and uh, thanks for everything. We'll take. We'll talk to you then. I appreciate the therapy session, my friends. Have a good day. All right, take care, buddy. Hey, coming up next, Diener. Have you ever heard of the Texas Chicken Farmers Association? I have not heard of that. Is that a thing? You're about to, because people are going to them because they want to start their own backyard chicken coops. I was thinking about doing this myself. But the guy says, not easy. Oh, boy. Even that's expensive. (laughs) Talk about that and uh, more Super Bowl stuff. Coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. 
The South Florida Morning Show, News Talk 850 WFTL. Welcome to Monday. Welcome back in from the weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. There's Diener. I'm Bill. Jen's coming back February 7th, right in time for the Super Bowl prop picks. She's going to hate that. Oh, yeah. I can't tell her. It's what we do. Oh, that's a week from tomorrow, actually, she's coming back. Yeah, not too far. Wow. It's a week till kickoff. I thought it was two weeks before she was going to be coming back. I just realized it's next week. Yeah, it's very soon. Yeah. Very, very soon. How about that? Very cool. Super Bowl matchup all set. Obviously, you heard about that. Final call for the Eagles game, the real one. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Congratulations. It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Congratulations. They made it. That one is uh, February 12th. Glendale, Arizona. We were just talking to Jay Ratliff about that one. I have not seen what the ticket prices. That'll happen later on today when uh, the aftermarket ticket prices go up. I think it's going to be an expensive one, though. Yeah, I could see it being just because they have two really loyal fan bases. Yeah, and as you know, look, let's face it, as the years go on, you get more and more expensive. Not only with the Super Bowl, but with everything. So this got me thinking because of and Jay confirmed this. He's a travel expert. Why I wanted to ask him about how many Eagles fans are going to be there. It's going to be a ton. So they buy up all the stuff and they'll pay anything for aftermarket. They'll sell their grandmas, whatever it is. I've seen it happen. Oh, yeah. What do you think the most expensive Super Bowl ticket would be? And this is just because of the aftermarket thing. I think it's based. You know what I think it would be? I think it would be Steelers Eagles. Oh, that would be a good one. I think that would be the most coveted Super Bowl ticket of all time. Steelers would be going for their seventh. I don't know how late in the game, how many years away this would be. And a lot of things would have to come together if they ever played the Eagles. Ravenous fan bases. That's a huge one, sure. Wherever this game would be. Interstate rivalry. They would sell their homes, mothers, dogs, kids, cars, anything to get there. (laughs) Second mortgage, whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that would be a big one. That would be one of those, and you only see this every once in a while, where people who don't even have tickets to the game still just go to the city. Right. I'm trying to think of another one that would be bigger, but man, Steelers and Eagles, just for the fact, because it can happen with AFC versus NFC, yeah. and you have the interstate rivalry. A lot of the rivalries are you know, within the conference, like NFC teams, AFC teams, so exactly, it would be hard to get one that's AFC-NFC rivalry. That's a... That's a good one, though. How about Dolphins Buccaneers? Let's go! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo! We'll have the game in Orlando. Wow. It can't be World Stadium, right? <laughs> right exactly yeah, right. Steelers and Eagles would be a big one. All right, we've had a lot of talk about this recently. In fact, we talked to uh, John Matarese last week about this, about the price of eggs. Mm. It's insane. Well, something's happened recently here where people have started a trend, understandably so, you know, with the farm-to-table movement and all this other stuff, it's causing a lot of families to consider a backyard chicken coop. Like like even suburban families. Like, this isn't far-fetched. There's a lot of inquiry and a lot of people are doing it. Ex- I don't blame them. The experts are chiming in saying, eh, I want to slow down on that. It's a lot harder than you think. It's a lot more expensive. The Urban Chicken Organization of Texas is a thing. <laughs> Sounds fun. They set people up with this kind of thing. The guy, the guy, the president's name is John Ramos. He says, you know, what? not so fast. It's a lot harder than you think it is. Mm. The first dozen is probably worth around five thousand dollars because you know you got to buy your coop, you got to buy the feed, you got to buy the bedding before you can even get an egg. <laughs> wow! Before you get an egg, this is pre-egg. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through all this. That egg is like a golden ticket. Oh goodness! And he says this: chickens are ten times, if not a hundred times, more expensive than the eggs. Wow! 
Well, if you factor it out math-wise, yeah, he's about right. Yeah. Farming is a, is a very... The reason why farming is a very lucrative business is because it's expensive to, to get into and to, you know, upkeep. Expensive to get in and maintain. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, it takes that's a lot. Right. But this guy, for somebody that sets up people with urban farms, he's not a good salesperson. No. He's like, no, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's kind of like his line of business. You'd think he'd be saying, yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty easy to get into. Anybody can learn it. He's like, you don't want to do this. Yeah, I do. You don't <laughs> want to call me. Just, just just keep buying eggs. Yeah, you don't know. Here's what he it's saying. not just like, you know, you snap your fingers and you have instant eggs because they lay only a certain amount of eggs every year. Yeah, I'm convinced. This guy needs a marketing director. <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of uh, good on him for it. I guess warning people, hey, there's more yeah. that goes into this because you don't want people to get in over their heads and then they're trying to sell chickens and then all of a sudden you have chickens running around in South Florida it's like ex- we have iguanas. It's exactly what would happen <laughs> yeah. too, which I still think is going to happen. It's like it would, it would be one of two ways. People are in over their heads, so they would just say, I can't deal with these chickens anymore. Just take this, let them loose. Yeah. Let them go. Or people move. Or things normalize in a couple of years and the price of eggs go back down. They're like, we don't need those chickens, do we? And then all of a sudden, that's exactly what would happen. It's like all yeah, the chicken population would be out of control in the streets of Boynton Beach, oh. just like the pythons in in the uh, Everglades. <laughs> you have chickens everywhere, just running around town. Well, you just, then you just funnel the chickens towards the Everglades, <laughs> and the pythons will eat them. Ah, perfect. Takes care of it. Chicken of the swamp. <laughs> Literally. I don't know. All right, we talked about uh, President Trump in New Hampshire over the weekend. He was there. To save America, we need a leader who is prepared to take on the forces laying waste to our country. And we need a president who is ready to hit the ground running on day one. You think he's referring to himself? Pretty sure. Sounds like it. But then he said this, which I think is a good rallying cry. Everyone in this room shares the one key mission. We're going to feed Joe Biden, defeat Joe Biden and the radical Democrats. These are radical left people. What would be so wrong about that as a catchphrase? One key mission. I it's, really like yeah. it. Yeah. You know, you put that right there, you put the stamp on it. Yes. And you can make that your rallying cry, really, for the entire uh, election process. It's uniting, it's unifying. Right. It's a, it's a call to action, it's a rallying cry. Yes. It'll look good on a hat or a t shirt. What's wrong with that? One key mission. Everybody the, understands it. The number one thing that the Republican Party needs going into the 24 election is to be unified. Yes. And it's not going to be that way at first. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fighting like there was in 15 and 16. But in the end, it's got to be unifying. So that would be a, a good way to do it is to have a message like that. Well, choose another fighter. Another hat may be coming into the ring that Trump is going to call disloyal. Oh, boy. You ready for this? Yeah. After months of speculation, New Hampshire's governor says he's considering a run for the White House in 2024 now. Republican Chris Sununu made that remark during the interview on CNN's State of the Union. Really? What till Trump hears this. <laughs> Chris Sununu, I knew his dad very well. Yeah, right. He never would have had that baby if it wasn't for me. <laughs> I consider this very disloyal. Oh, no. Chris Sununu would not have a life without me. It's out of the mainstream, though. Look, the speculation's there for a reason. Where there's smoke, there's fire. DeSantis is going to run for president. And, you know, look, if he wins, I know people are saying, well, what about us here in Florida? Well, that's why you have a strong lieutenant governor in uh, uh, Jeanette Nunez. Friend of the show, by the way. Yeah. She would be, yeah. She's, uh, she's going to run again after DeSantis. Right. Yeah. 
you know, you have somebody and she would probably win because she was right there with him. I, well, I you think. Know, similar policy, similar mindset. You wouldn't have to change anything, that's right. for sure. Wow. So if he does run, just remember, you got uh, Nunez there, too. She's pretty good. So we'll get into the uh, DeSantis-Trump escalation war of words that Trump had on uh, Trump Force One over the weekend that led to this. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and, and there's a change in policy. This has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. It just happens to be coming from uh, Philadelphia. There's a convenience store that has a no-smiling policy that they're saying is illegal. What? Because they don't want any fuglies. Oh, no. Yeah. You got no teeth. They don't want you smiling. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Oh, my gosh. And they're being called to the carpet on this. Where is this located? Philadelphia. Well, I mean, you have some people who, I guess, don't look too good. I don't know. But it's very interesting what they say why they have this this policy. That's awful. Tell people not to smile. Well... It's a tough town. Uh, yeah, that's true. What do you want? Maybe they don't smile anyway. They're smiling today. That's because the Eagles. Very true. All right, I'll, I'll wait to hear the story, then I'll judge. All right, we got that and a lot more coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination, and number two, he wouldn't have beat uh, de- his Democrat opponent. I don't think anything that's wrong. I think he's right. I don't think uh, DeSantis would have gotten the nomination, but Trump is uh, he threw a little bit more uh, C4 in the fire. Uh, the fight maybe brought it a little closer to home with DeSantis that was on the plane on Trump Force One coming back to Palm Beach. And, oh, everybody's all over this. CNN loves this. They brought in their panel of experts to talk about it. <laughs> well, I love when they bring them in. Let's analyze the uh, comments from Trump. Of course, they didn't talk about unifying the nation. They didn't no. talk about coming together. They didn't talk about stopping a radical agenda, the of threat of China, the border, all that. No, they just want to talk about Trump versus DeSantis because they're eating it up. They love it. Oh, gosh, this is what they've been hoping for. <clears throat> but I think it's going to backfire on them. I really do. I think it's going to backfire on them. I think it's going to, like we said so many times already this morning. I think it's just going to make both of them stronger, and it's going to force both of them, whether they like it or not, to get a real understanding of what the American voters want. They I want, hope they so. Won't, they can't not going to be able to help get a feeling for the American voters. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because that's what's going to come out in the wash here. What's going to come out is— I think so. Because it's going to be a nasty fight. It will be. Yep. But what's going to come out is what's, what's going to be the focus? What's going to get— the country back on track, and that's going to make whoever the candidate ends up being, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, it's going to make them stronger in the end. But in the meantime, during it all, it's going to be frustrating because you're going to feel like the party is being divided. You're going to hear it all over the news that, oh, this is the end of the Republican Party. They're tearing each other apart. And you see that a little bit in person now? Sure. You know, with just people who are like, you know, loyal to Trump or DeSantis or the stuff that people are tired of Trump, whatever. You're starting to see that it's all going to shake out in the end. Yes. I have no fear of that whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's certainly well. I mean, look, if they can get over, if Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio can be with Trump, be friends with Trump, and have rallies together after what they went through in 2016, I'm telling you, the greatest example <laughs> is Ted Cruz. Lion Ted, those debate. If you went back and watched those debates, even now you're like, oh my god, oh just just brutal. No call mercy. It, call it Ted's wife ugly. Yeah. And- Oh, my God. And now Ted Cruz, I mean, every time he's on any kind of an interview, defends President Trump. No greater ally. I would, right. I would say he is his greatest ally. He I, might be. I really would. He's, he's a big Trump guy. I mean, they've worked together a lot. 
I mean, and he's got to go home, go home to Heidi and say, I'm, "Honey, I'm sure he didn't mean that." That's right. Now. That's just all politics. That's you know how just it goes. you know the boys. Oh God! Call me ugly, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get past that one. I mean, <laughs> imagine that he called his wife ugly. <laughs> so that's what we're saying. I mean, it's no matter what is said during this. Oh. Campaign, Please. they can get over it, and they will, and they're going to come together in the end. So just remember, it's all going to work out in the end. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it is. I think anyway. so. All right, congratulations, Chiefs. Congratulations, Eagles. And this has nothing to do with uh, Philadelphia right now. Although, how would you like to be a business owner in downtown Philly with some of that stuff? They already they were it's a, they were joking about it on the pregame show. I think it was Howie Long said they've already greased the poles. <laughs> oh no, people don't climb on them. Yeah, that's true. You see that bus. Overhang thing collapsed with people on it. You don't want to do just that. Part, it just went insane. Yeah. It was the greatest post I saw on social media over this thing was, Suburbanites, please come get your residents. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> residents of Philadelphia were saying they're all from the suburbs causing trouble. <laughs> well, this is a little bit different. And uh, it is related to Philly, yes. There's a convenience store based in Philly called Sheets. S-H-E-E-T-Z. Okay. Do they sell bed sheets? Bunch of different stuff. Gotcha. Like an Aldi kind of, I guess, gas station. I think they have it all from what I can see. I've never been to one. It's like a Bucky's type of place, it sounds like. Nothing's like Bucky's. Nothing's here. like Bucky's. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> how dare I? How dare I blaspheme Bucky's like that? Well, I'm looking at the picture of it, and it's kind of like a. It's big. It's like a, I don't know. I hate to say it, like a racetrack, I guess. Okay. I don't know. But they got a policy that's been in place for, they say, for quite some time that is now under review by the company. It's the smile policy. It states this. What? They I mean, they want people to be happy and smile? That's nice. What's they, wrong with that? They, they do. Okay. But when you do, you can't be an ugly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the policy states, this is if you want to work there. Gotcha. Applicants with obvious missing, broken, or badly discolored teeth unrelated oh. to a disability are not qualified for employment oh, with sheets. Wow. <laughs> oh no. That's a little uh well you know what? I gave him credit for being honest. Well, I mean, hey look, when someone smiles, it's the first thing you see, right? It's the first thing you notice about somebody. Well, absolutely. So might be a little bit of a rough policy, but that's so a, wow. The policy that obviously came from corporate attorneys there from Sheets, you know, they wrote that was that's lawyer speak. They wrote that up. But the story made it all the way to Business Insider. Um, Sheets says, throughout our history, we have embraced an appearance policy. Because we know how important a smile is to the customer experience when serving hospitality. Now, so far, you may think this is a a cruel and unusual uh, policy, but are they wrong? I mean, no. In philosophy, their, their philosophy is correct when it comes to... Wanting to have that welcoming smile to the customer. Not, yeah! <laughs> and what if it is broke? You know what it is? I think it's in the name. Because they can't say, like, hey, welcome to Heek. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to speak yeah, for broken yeah. teeth. Oh, no. That would be tough, too. Uh, you know, I, I guess they don't want the backwoods experience, you know? Stop, you ever stop one of those gas stations in the, in the backwoods oh. of some of the southern states? <laughs> sure uh, have. Pretty interesting experience. It's like that mechanic I had to go to in Lutz. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. Yeah, you don't need them lights. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Lutz is a very nice town. Did you call it Lutz and they, and they yelled oh, at you, they, right? Oh, they hate that. Oh, no. It's Lutz. Don't you dare call it Lutz. <clears throat> Here's the second part of the statement from Sheets. However, 
We are always reviewing our standing policies to make sure they best deliver on our values and our commitments to our customers oh. and employees. Therefore, this appearance policy will continue to be under review. Bet you they don't drop it. No. Oh, they took some heat. Somebody, somebody uh, ratted them out, and now they're just uh, they're just reviewing it. Nothing's going to change. Did one of the bad smile people rat them out? Yes. I think oh, that's absolutely. What it was, right. When they found out somehow, some way, they didn't get the job because they had some funky teeth. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think that's what happened. Someone, someone was upset. They really wanted to work at Sheets. They crushed their dreams. They couldn't afford to get their teeth fixed, and now they want to sue. They say I can't work at Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do these things happen? How are these real stories? It's amazing. I don't know. This is what this they're gonna they're gonna have the top story in Philly this morning. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl <laughs> and also coming up next, sheets in lawsuits because of their smile policy. <laughs> they're toothist. <laughs> they are toothist. It's what they are. That's yes. what's going on there. Oh no. Well, that's that. good stuff. But then it's okay. You didn't get your job at Sheets. But uh, you can sell your house, sell your grandma, sell your car, whatever it is, and buy yourself some Super Bowl tickets. Starting to get some of the early off-market prices now coming in for the oh, brand. Because I think everybody's at work, and they're getting online, and they're starting to look to see how much it would cost them in the aftermarket to get Super Bowl tickets. Super Bowl 57 coming up in Glendale, Arizona. I, I think it's going to be a really pricey one. They're, they're expensive anyway, but there's going to be so much demand from Eagles fans. Yeah, I'm not I trying to disparage that. Chiefs fans, but there's a sense and a general consensus among Kansas City fans that they're going to be there again. Right. I mean, they you know they have they have Patrick Mahomes, so they feel like well they always have a chance. That's what they're thinking. They've made three in the past four years now. Right. I don't know if they're going to take it for granted, but Eagles fans are rabid. It's a rabid fan base, and they haven't been in five years when they've only won one Super Bowl. They've only won one, but the Chiefs have only won True. one. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, the last time they were in a Super Bowl, they lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So they're looking for some type of measure of redemption, too. I don't know. Maybe Chiefs Kingdom travels well, too. I don't know. I don't think they do. They might. <laughs> I really don't. They might surprise us. Because this is the fan base that's always telling Brady couldn't have made that throw. Oh, no. It was incomplete. <laughs> it's like Tony Romo. It's a perfect pass. It was tipped. Perfect, though. We got to talk about him. Wow. The the The... the, the Progression or regression of Tony Romo? What happened? I'm not sure exactly, but he became kind of like cheerleader guy. And I don't think it's his fault. I think some sort of a uh, CBS consultant is getting in his face and telling him he's got to be like the guy that loves all quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think that's what's happening. I don't know why it became that way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. We'll talk about that. We'll get some early ticket prices for the Super Bowl if you feel like going yourself. I'm going to look for the early odds as well, too. That, hit, by the way, has been all over the place. It really is. Crazy line. They don't know what to think because they don't have any solid injury information yet. Well, you're right, though. I'm reading some of the stuff now. It's, it's just been like back and forth. All, all, we'll talk about that. And big win. Big win. Best picture win for Tom Cruise. Oh, it's happening? Not it. Not that big, but we'll take it. All right. <laughs> it's not the, not the big award, but it's an award. But it's, it's a win. Yes, we'll take the okay. win. That and more coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. The South Florida Morning Show, News Talk 850 WFTL. Welcome to Monday. Welcome back in for the weekend. Well, I've been, I've been searching there in the break, Diener. I've been trying to find some Super Bowl tickets aftermarket. They're still trying to decide the market. The most expensive I've seen single ticket so far. This isn't like ticket packages or anything. 
Right. I've seen a $4,000 ticket. I was going to say that you're probably going to come across the highest. I was thinking it was like going to be ten grand. Yeah, probably. I'm thinking more along the lines of two to $4,000 a ticket is going to just going to be like normal asking price. Right. That's about, yeah. Something called Ticket Smarter. Oh, these are all aftermarket things. Okay. All the t- these are all. And by the way, these are <clears throat> there's only a, a select few people that you know can actually buy general tickets to the game. Yeah, true. They're sold by like promotional people, corporate people that sell them aftermarket. They don't want to go. Yeah, that's where this comes from. That's true. Something called Ticket Smarter, which is another aftermarket one. Cheapest single ticket last night for the big game was five thousand three hundred sixty-eight. Goodness gracious! You want to know where that was? Where? T- Terrace 421, row 22. Oh, geez. That's that's towards the top. Upper bowl. Ouch. Wow. I see. I wouldn't do it. I I, I say it now. I know. Because I I've, know. I've never seen the Dolphins in a Super Bowl. But I just, I don't think I could do it. Even if I had the money for it, I couldn't justify spending that much to go to a game for one ticket. Got a very good friend that's been to a couple of the Pat Super Bowls, including the, the one that shall not ever be mentioned. Uh-oh. And he said he paid astronomical amount of money because it was the it was going to be nineteen or no right right sure said it was the worst experience of his life oh it was just the most frustrating game and obviously the end and it was just it was awful yeah you take the gamble you want to be a part of history and all he could think about yeah. was what he paid oh man see and that's what I mean like if the Dolphins like let's say the Dolphins were in the Super Bowl in in Arizona what I would do or at least try to do. What would be in my head as an idea would be to go to Glendale. Yes. Just go to the city. Yep. Get a hotel, experience the fan stuff, be in the city for the game, and you experience the, the you know, having your team in the Super Bowl, but without going to the actual game. Which, as we said before, I think you're going to see a lot of that in Arizona, because yeah. let's face it, it's a nice place to go. Yeah, sure. I think there's going to be a ton of Eagles fans in town who are just going to be there. And that's what it comes down to as well. I mean, that's why it's such a big deal for a city right. to get a Super Bowl, because of tourism. Right. Because Majority we, of fans do that. We saw that here in Lauderdale for the yeah. last one. When that's you, right. When you went down to Media Day, there were a ton of events and things yeah. and hotels and... Airbnb things and different parties, you know, all the way around, which is still fun. I saw lots of Chiefs fans that that year because it was the Chiefs oh, against did? 49ers. Yeah, but that was, yeah, well. But I have to say this, 49ers fans definitely did outnumber the Chiefs fans. So that's a further, well, not that much further, but still further travel. Wow. But man, those hotels were booked from like Fort Lauderdale down happens. to Miami. And these are all, for the most part, things that. I saw something once where there's less than 10% of any given stadium that are actually general public ticket sales. Wow. That Where they, oh where they, you go online real quick at the beginning of the season when right. they open it up and you buy a Super Bowl ticket. This is all corporate sponsors, NFL people, TV people. And, and if you don't want to go, those are the ones that wind up on the market. It's a shame it turned into that. You know? I, but it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. That's why they always said it's like it's mostly, it's, ne- it's usually a neutral site. It really is. It's true. Except if they sell the things on the aftermarket. I mean, you still have fans who end up there. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, but... Now, let's compare the $5,000 tickets we were just talking about to... Now, this is face value, but some of the older, what it used to... What it would what it would cost you to get into Super Bowl One? Oh wow! We'll adjust it for inflation. Don't worry about the math. But at the time, what was the what was the ticket price for Super Bowl One in 1967? Seventy dollars. Twelve. No. Oh no. Twelve dollars. Oh my goodness. So would that be after inflation? Probably closer to seventy bucks, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, no, it's uh, one hundred five. Oh really? Okay, see for more. Chiefs Packers. 
Could you even? I mean, a hundred bucks for a Super Bowl ticket. So by the time Super Bowl two, which they still didn't call the Super Bowl, by the way, it was just a championship game. Yeah, true. By the second year, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, you Packers think so? Raiders. Packers Super Bowl two. Ah, uh, the Packers huge won. deal. Huge deal. So it must have been a bigger demand on ticket, right? All right. So now I'll. I'll uh, this has got to be seventy bucks. Twelve dollars. Oh no! Same price. <laughs> Oh my gosh! The first increase didn't happen until Super Bowl IV in 1970. That was Super Bowl IV. Was that the Chiefs and Vikings? Yep. Don't forget about how good the Chiefs were. Yeah, they were. At the uh, merging of the leagues. That was uh, the Hank Stram teams. Len Na- Dawson. Na- 19. Len Dawson smoking on the sideline. <laughs> he was. <laughs> 1970. Big ticket increase, increase to what? Uh oh. 1970. Or are things getting crazy in the 70s? You have the Purple People Eaters from the Vikings. They won the thing. I'll say now this was this had to be closer to like ninety bucks. Fifteen dollars. It only increased three dollars. <laughs> Hold on, adjusted for inflation, one hundred thirteen bucks. Oh my goodness! All right, let's let's jump up here. Fifteen dollars. This is where we're really expensive. Hold okay. On a second, this is face value stuff too. No, I guess you know what they are including aftermarket stuff because they're going to. They do have it. This uh, Sporting News has it average price now. For Chiefs Eagles for Super Bowl Fifty Seven at five thousand three hundred sixty eight. Wow, that's the average price. So I guess they didn't have aftermarket prices for back in the day. They just went with yeah. what they had. You buying tickets at the gate? Hey, honey, you want to go to the Super Bowl today? Yeah, sure. I mean, I really wanted to go see this movie, but I guess we'll go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no problem. Walk, walk up to the gate. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. Oh my gosh. They have, and the first one I know was on two networks at the same time. Wow, really? Yeah, they both they didn't know what to do. That's something that's never going to happen again for no, sure. No, no, never. I did have I know a guy that said he's gotten into like 10 Super Bowls. Wow. He goes, if you don't mind going alone, because any you can get into any event in the world with a single ticket. Just, I mean. Any event in the world. There's always going to be a single ticket available. So basically you go and like, try to buy it on the street there? No, like literally, like t- day, like li- hours of. Really? Because you can always get into an event like that. Huh. And he's been to like 10. I know he has for a fact. Wow. So, so he can buy a face value. go to Glendale, Arizona, buy a face value ticket, which would be much less expensive because you're not on the secondary market. Because how many people are going alone? Yeah. And they hold back stuff. True. And then they release it, and then there's just like, you know, some stragglers. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? I mean, it's got to be like $1,000 for one ticket I still, know. I would assume. But you can get in. It's not bad. If you don't mind going alone. <laughs> Here I am. Hey, is the seat taken? How you doing? <laughs> Party of one. My selfie at the Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> By myself. All right. Before we get out of here, check out the morning show blog, 850WFTL.com. And on the app, a couple of different things on there. A little, I think it's a good breakdown. It's it's how it should work. It's a description and an explanation of this new diamond lane interchange on 95 in Boca Raton. It's, it's like an infographic, they say. I would say to, if you're heading that way today, yeah, check out the morning show blog, 850WFTL.com, and right. take a look at this video because it's going to really help you prepare for this uh, exchange. And, of course, the story of a Tom Cruise finally winning Best Picture. That's right. Well, it's Just, the AARP Awards, but still. Kind of. It counts. <laughs> all, right. all right. Other than that, we're getting out of here right now. We Do will it. talk to you uh, tomorrow morning. We'll have some more uh, headlines for you, entertainment stuff as well. With all that said, thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you then.